a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Back, final segment of today's program, episode 11. Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. I had a great weekend. It was good. I've gotten back into running. Uh, so I'm very grateful uh, for, to my wife for giving me the time uh, to get outside and to, to run around town. I'm going to try. Uh, I'm going to try to run up the canyon tonight, uh, the one here behind uh, the park in downtown. I uh, um, I used to run a lot, and then we got pregnant, and then I had a baby. And then the months went by, and I have gotten out of shape and slow. And I'm going to try to get back into it. I, uh, for, for a while, I've been living on the East Coast. And now that I'm here in Utah, uh, back here in Utah, finally back, uh, I want to take advantage of all the races here. There's uh, all kinds of good ones in the canyons. I ran the Deseret News Marathon a few years ago. Uh, I think I may do that one again here coming up this summer. The Salt Lake City Marathon is one I want to do. Uh, my sister, uh, she ran her first marathon down in St. George a number of years ago. I haven't yet done that one. That may be one uh, that brings me out. Uh, anyway, th- that's that's rambling, and I'm just talking about myself. And if I'm honest, it was an explainer brag because I wanted to let you all know that I run marathons. You know how hard that is? Well, I can do it. Anyway, earlier in the program, we talked about, uh, what was it, cursive handwriting. <clears throat> and uh, and I did so intentionally. I know cursive handwriting and the debate is kind of silly, and it's not uh, terribly relevant to our lives, and it's not terribly in- important in the world of politics or business or anything like that. Uh, but the reason we're talking about it is to just give us a, a little bit of a break. We have faced some Pretty, pretty dense news over the past uh, couple days. Today in particular, the last two segments, get this, the last two segments we dedicated to tax reform. Two segments. You know how much radio that is? That is almost a quarter of this pro- It's more than a quarter of this program we talked about tax reform. So let's have a fun little debate about cursive handwriting. Uh, and here we go. So earlier in the day, we put up on the KSL News Radio Facebook page a poll. And uh, and also a question. Uh, there is a big push to bring cursive back to elementary schools. Uh, should learning it be mandatory? And now when I say that, when I present that question, uh, the big push is a nationwide thing. Uh, we learned, of course, earlier in the program that the Utah State Board of Education uh, has made it a requirement that it be taught in Utah schools. So you might be here in the segment thinking, wait a second, uh, my kid learns cursive? Uh, well, <clears throat> that may not always be the case. Yes, it is now. Uh, as we've learned, uh, but the debate is going on across the country. In fact, earlier today, I learned of a, a Wisconsin representative, uh, one of the state representatives, Jeremy Thiesfeld. He has introduced a bill to make it requ- to make it the law. So that's different than you know the school board uh, carry- handing down a piece of curriculum. This is the law. 
a state representative saying, I'm going to introduce a bill. We're going to debate it. We're going to vote on it. We're going to send it over to the other chamber of the legislature. They're going to debate it. They're going to vote on it. And if all uh, goes the way I'd like to see it go, the governor will take this piece of paper, sign it in cursive, and it will become law uh, that our students must be learning cursive. I think that might be a little extreme uh, to teach kids cursive. Uh, But anyway, good luck to Representative Thiesfeldt out there in Wisconsin. Um, Maybe there's nothing else going on out there. Anyway, so we put that poll up on our Facebook page. um, And we have so far had thousands of people vote. Thousands. I'm blown away. Thousands of people have decided to weigh in on this issue. And you want the percentages? Uh, So the question is, should learning cursive be mandatory? I'm going to tell you the breakdown of the yes and no is 78%, 22%. 78% of people feel one way, 22% of people feel another way. You want to try to guess? You want to try to guess which way uh, it's going? I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm guessing uh, that the majority of folks uh, participating in this poll are not young-ish folks like me playing with these iPads all day long. No, because it is 78% of folks uh, uh, believe that there ought be mandatory learning of cursive in schools. 78% of people said yes. 22% of people said no. Now, let's dig into the comments here and hear their reactions because we read some of them earlier that were pretty funny. Also, I uh, cast doubt upon an assertion made by an earlier texter that they they claimed that they read cursive writing uh, day in and day out as uh, a profession. Well, someone texted back and said that there is a, a USPS uh, facility here in Salt Lake City where about 15 people as a full-time profession uh, do all that reading. I was informed of another profession which uh, requires the reading of cursive handwriting all day long, and that's nurses reading the handwriting of doctors. So maybe that's the case. Um, I don't know. I have a baby recently and have been in and out of the doctor's office, and I've seen some of their notes and i i don't know i don't remember them being in cursive anyway nurses may be reading some cursive let's get to the comments uh amber writes i teach my students cursive when they express interest in it making it a requirement kills their enthusiasm for it i get that uh i i think uh over the years when i've been required to either do or learn something i am uh less apt to do it or learn it but if it's something that uh just piques my own interest I'll follow that rabbit hole. Uh Ty says I wish my school growing up had spent half as much time on typing as they did on cursive. I can read and write cursive, but it's never necessary in my life. As long as they can write it, as long as they can write, spell and type, uh they'll be fine. I learned both I I had dedicated cursive classes when I was growing up. Uh, when I was in elementary school, and I also had dedicated typing classes. In fact, I remember, and I apologize for this tangent, uh, and we'll wrap up here shortly, and I'll get out of the way for real news to get reported, uh, but I remember they would take uh, the the cardboard lids of reams of paper. So there would be the paper for the Xerox machine, those lids, if you can remember them, uh, and they would cut out little uh, semicircles for our hands to fit in. They would put those over the keyboard, and we would have to type without being able to see the keyboard. That's how I learned how to type. Uh, and that's how I learned how to do the typing I'm doing right now on this little Facebook page. Let me read you two more comments, then I'll say goodbye, and you and I will get back here together tomorrow. Amanda says, I have employees who can't read cursive and have to bring me things to read them. To me, it's an incomplete education, and is it a com- it's a complete disservice to the kids and future employ- uh, employers. Uh, last comment from Amy says, I'm addicted to cursive. 
That's a little extreme. If someone couldn't understand my writing, it wouldn't be good. Anyway, that's that. There's the curse of debate. That was a lot of fun. Uh, tomorrow, a lot of stuff going on. We're going to look back at the big headlines uh, which have transpired over the the year 2019, our last year before the new decade. Uh, actually, I read an article that calls into question whether or not the end of a decade is tomorrow night or a year from tomorrow night. And uh, if we get really bored tomorrow, we'll uh, we'll break down uh, that argument. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, a lot of the things that went on in the world of technology and politics. And, man, I'll tell you what, I spent most of 2019 in Washington, D.C., so I can tell you some inside stories uh, about a lot of the things that happened in the world of politics in the year 2019. There's certainly a lot to draw from. We might even, we might even talk about pop culture things uh, we might we're going to talk about literature I uh, uh, with all this running I've been doing I listen to books on tape so uh, we're going to talk about that any of these top 10 list type things that we're going to put together tonight uh, and share with you tomorrow if you want to weigh in as we uh, get things together please 57500 is the text line I'd love to hear from you I'm going to get out of your way right now next up it's expert broadcaster Todd Foose bringing you Utah's afternoon news here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.